I won't prepare a full-blown sermon because we've got one of our mission partners coming in to speak. And I always think that when we have a mission partner coming to speak, um, it's more important that we, we hear about their work, we hear what they're doing and about the work that we support. And um, I think that often um, that's, it's more important that we leave with those thoughts in our ears than, than anything else. It's good to know what our mission partners are doing. It's good to know about the work that is going on and it's good to hear the stories of the challenges but also of the success as well. So we're not going to have a full-blown sermon this morning but I am going to speak briefly about some thoughts on, um, from the book of Colossians because I've been reading Colossians this week and I always, I always love Colossians. I find it very encouraging. I find it just packed full of nuggets of, of wisdom that can help in, in the Christian faith. For a start, one of the reasons why I love Colossians is because this is one of the letters that Paul wrote in prison. Paul wrote, um, he wrote Philippians in prison, he wrote Colossians in prison, he wrote Philemon in prison, um, there is another one as well. Um, but that in itself is worth noting because when Paul was in prison, there weren't pool tables and TVs, like I'm led to believe there are now. I'm, I'm not sure if that is the case, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it, it was a pretty dull time, pretty dull experience. He was locked away in a prison cell. It was a pretty harsh climate. But despite being a prisoner, Paul was still effective. He still did something. Paul still took his time to to broaden his ministry. When Paul wrote this letter. He didn't know it at the time, but he was making a major contribution to what would eventually become what we now call God's Word. And that in itself, I always find a huge encouragement. Because we can find ourselves feeling a prisoner to our health. We can find ourselves feeling a prisoner to our mobility, a prisoner to our our financial situation, a prisoner to our addictions, our emotions a prisoner to bad relationships. We can find ourselves feeling like a prisoner in in many aspects of life. But we can still, we can still be effective in our Christian walk. I find that massively encouraging. We can still have an impact on somebody. We can still reach out and speak into somebody's life. We can still be used by God. We are, never, we are never a prisoner to something that God cannot break through, that God cannot reach through. So when Paul writes, writes to the, the church in Colossae, um, we believe that he was, he was in prison in Ephesus, which is on the Turkish coast, and he was writing to a church about 100 miles inland. And he's writing to a church that um, up until a few years before, before Paul had, had been there and had planted that church, um, they'd been a very pagan culture been a very pagan culture, there was still, um, there was still um, the, the influence of these pagan um, rites and rituals that had taken place. And when Paul writes to the Colossians, he, he tells them not to, not to get involved, he tells them to be different. He tells them to follow the teachings of Christ, because by doing that, when they go out into the rest of the city, they will be noticeably different. In chapter 3, he tells us, He tells the Colossians, he says, put to death whatever belongs 
to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So some of these pagan cults were um, one of the... um, one of the gods that used to be worshipped was a god of lust. And temple prostitution was rife. Sexual immorality was rife amongst the population at that time. And Paul says, that's not a Christian walk. That is not appropriate. Be different. Put that out of your life. Put it to death. The things that you've done before, the things that have gone before, put them to death. If we put something to death, then it's no longer living. So if those things are no longer living, they can no longer have an influence, they can no longer have an impact. They're gone. They may not be entirely forgotten, but they are no longer powerful. They can no longer do anything. They can no longer grow because they've been put to death. They're no longer living. So Paul doesn't condemn the Colossians for what they've done, for what's happened. Indeed, he, he just says, put those things to death. Make it so that they're simply an echo of the past and that in your present and in your future, you are different. You are set aside. I learnt this week about mammon. I'd never really known an awful lot about mammon, but um, I, was, I was reading a book this week and it, it spoke about... Um, I'm sure we've all, all heard the, the passage, man cannot serve two masters, you cannot serve both God and and mammon. And we have to say God and money, don't we? But actually, I learnt this week that mammon, um, the word used when Jesus was speaking, was a word that was used to describe anything that took your attention, anything that that consumed you, anything that, that took over your life. And we've used the word money in the past, because of course money is... is um, is quite often what people obsess over because it's through money that we can buy bigger and better and get more and more and, and, and show the world how successful we are. And God gets pushed further and further to one side. But actually, when you think about mammon, that can be anything, anything at all. When Paul says... When Paul says idolatry, he says, um, sorry, he says, uh, put aside sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Anything that, anything that we focus on, anything that we obsess over, it becomes idolatry. What is our mammon? I was really challenged on that this week. Joe and I have sat down and we've sort of said, what, what are the things that, that take, our, take our focus away from God? What are the things that we sometimes allow to become more, more important? I'm not going to reveal what they were. <laughs> but I'd, I'd encourage you to do the same thing. Paul says, put these things to death. Don't let anything come between you and God. He says, you used to walk in these ways in chapter 3. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self which is being renewed in the the knowledge 
in the image of its creator. We're taking off our old self, we put on our new self. This is, this is a sort of language that we use, isn't it, when we, when we get converted. But actually it's also a daily process. When we go out into the world, can people tell that we're a Christian? Can people look at the way that we react to certain situations, the language that we use? Are we the ones that stand out? When there's a a stressful situation, someone says, oh my goodness, this has happened, I don't know what to do, and I've got to go and do this and speak to them. Are we the ones that that get whipped up with them and, and, oh my God, I don't know how you're going to do that. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Do we actually, do do we join in? Do we add to it? Do we encourage people to get worked up? Or are we the ones that say, right, breathe, calm, I'll help with this, you do this, things will be okay. Now, of course, life isn't always that simple, is it? If only it was. But we can make a difference in small ways in our Christian walk. I commend you to go home and and read the book of Colossians and be challenged. Think about the message to that church. Think about what Paul was saying. And then question yourself. What are the things that, that we obsess over? What are the things that take our attention? What are the things that can push God to one side? We all have them, unfortunately. We all have them. And this is why Jesus made the point. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve God and mammon. The great thing is, it's never too late. It's never too late to take off the old self and put on the new. It's never too late to recognise in ourselves the moments that we don't act in a Christian manner and make a pledge that going forward we will. It's never too late to change our path. It's never too late to call out to God. Paul says in Colossians that Christ is all and is in all. Christ is the whole point of our lives, the whole point of our being. We are here because we are created by God. We are here because we are are loved Jesus is the centre of our very being. And we are called to make a difference. And we can make a difference because Jesus is all, but Jesus is in all as well. Every single one of us can make a difference. I always remember um, when I was at school, we had a a textbook, um, a history textbook, Modern World History. And I remember learning about the, the... um, the sort of lead up to the Second World War and there was a picture in this book and there was a German family, it was in Berlin and they had a wheelbarrow and in this wheelbarrow was stacks and stacks and stacks of banknotes and this was at a time when the German economy was nosediving, it was in a, a state of um, hyperinflation and the value was just, it was just falling plummeting at an astounding rate and I remember, before I read the caption and worked out what was going on in this, in this photo, um, I remember looking at that and thinking, wow, he must have been that week's lottery winners or something. Look at, look at all that cash, that's incredible. 
Tremendous wealth. Wow. But then I read underneath that actually the economy was in such a poor state that the, the, the Deutschmark was, was at such a low value that the contents of that wheelbarrow wasn't even enough to buy a loaf of bread. Now here at South Green, we're not growing at the moment. And sometimes that can be hard. But this image has come to me this week while I've been praying, while I've been, um, been thinking about our congregation. And you know, it's not actually how much is in the wheelbarrow that matters. It's the value of each note. There could have been, there could have been a, a, a one pound note in a wheelbarrow next to the one that was piled high with Deutschmarks. And that would have been far, far more valuable than the one next to it. We can obsess about size and about numbers, but actually we should obsess about Jesus in our lives. We should obsess about making sure that Jesus is at the very centre of our existence, that every decision we make, every word we utter, every thought that enters our minds honours him, reflects his goodness and his love and his glory. Because we can make a difference, whether we're a prisoner like Paul in some way, or whether we feel free to go and express ourselves. Whatever, whatever our situation in life is, we can make a difference. Because Jesus looks at us and he says, you are priceless. You are absolutely priceless. And that's really come to me this week. So, read Colossians if you have time this week. Be challenged. Don't forget, we're not like the banknotes piled high that weren't even enough to purchase a loaf of bread. We can be alone in an otherwise empty wheelbarrow and we are still priceless to our Saviour. Let's pray. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Heavenly Father, we give thanks that we have the privilege of calling ourselves God's chosen people. Lord, we give thanks that you've given us the opportunity to choose you. Father, we give thanks that inside each and every one of us, you have, you, you've put your spirit. And Father, as we go into this week, help us to truly clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and with patience. Father, whether we feel a, a prisoner in some way in our lives or not, help us remember that we can still be effective. We can still reach out to people. Whether we're haunted by our past or, or whether we're focused on our future, Father, help us to remember that you 
you are our future. That you do not define us by our past. That you've got a plan for us. You've got a future for us. Lord, we pray you'll help us to to identify that and to live it out. Because, Father, we are your children. You are our Heavenly Father. Lord, here at South Green, help us to help us to take pride in what we are. A faithful body of people that come together to worship you and to praise your name. Father, we give thanks that we can help organisations like London City Mission in their work. Father, we give thanks that you've blessed us to such a degree that we can bless others. Lord, thank you for the people that we've heard about this morning, for the stories and the initiatives that that we've learnt about. Father, prompt us to pray daily for those people, for those initiatives. Lord, we know that there will be one day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. But Father, until that day comes, we pray that you will help us live lives that are markedly different to those around us, to be the ones that that make the difference, that stand out in a world that is crying out for your truth. Father, we pray that you, you will use us, each of us, to play our part in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.